and welcome to the Deep Two NBA podcast. My name's Sean, and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffer, Mr. Boffer, my man. How are we? Sick, bro. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, what are we getting into today? We've got the Eastern Conference off-season grades, part two mm. of a two-part series. If you didn't catch the first one, it's our most recent episode, so suss that out to get a vibe of where we think the Western Conference teams are after the significant part of the off-season is over. And we're going to be going by the same rules, so we're ranking them from A to F, just you know, as you would grade them. Um on how we think they went relative to their position in the offseason. So go on alphabetical order. Let's start off with the Atlanta Hawks. I've just I've got all the details here. Is that all right if I smack them out? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, thanks, man. Good all, all, all you, man. Well, we got a little comment about our last edition where it got a bit awkward. When we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good vibes to all anyone good, worries. It's all good vibes. No bad blood in the Deep Two NBA <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the uh, best blood, O+. Plus. O is, positive. yeah. I don't know a lot about blood, but well, my mum works at the blood bank, so is yeah. O positive Spot a good on. is O positive a good kind of blood? I think any kind of blood's good. Yeah, but O positive goes to everyone. Yeah, O positive. I'm, I'm tempted to blood. cut that just in case we're wrong because <laughs> I sounded pretty confident. Someone please fact check us. <laughs> Email us at the Deep Two Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks added Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, Jarari Parker, Chandler Parsons, Damian Jones, DeAndre Hunter. And Cam Reddish. <coughs> and they lost Kent Bazemore, Kent Bazemore, Torian Prince, Amari Spellman, Dwayne Dedman, and they retained Vince Carter. And so, like, they we're waiting on Justin Anderson, but I mean, that's not going to swing your grade too hard, is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's an asterisk, but yeah. Um, a lot of moves and a lot of turnover, which is expected for a rebuilding team. Um, I'm not a fan. I thought you might say that. Mm hmm. <laughs> Oh no, there's bad. There's <laughs> terrible blood. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of DeAndre Hunter because all indications have been that this draft, you know, there's one superstar, there's one star, and then three till 20 maybe, or three till 15 is a bit of a plateau. Um, so when you're in a draft where everything after, maybe including RJ Barrett, depending on where you're at with him, where everything is sort of, you, is pretty much interchangeable, why would you trade down from... Um, number, what would you trade up to number four from eight and 12? So technically you're having two bites at the same apple if that's where, I mean, that's where I think the talent is in this draft. I haven't seen anything that makes me think that DeAndre Hunter is like way better and like maybe deserves the fourth pick. And I would bet quite a bit of money that one of Jackson Hayes or Cam Reddish will just be better than DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, maybe, but the consensus in the draft was that he was the best wing not named RJ Barrett. And RJ Barrett wasn't going to be available and isn't the kind of player that uh, Lloyd Pierce and Travis Schlenk want on that team. So that narrows it down to Reddish and Hunter as the two best. And who cares about the cost? Because they came away with both. They came away with both of the two wings who best fit their mould. They're both going to grow together. They've got offensive, defensive potential. Like Hunter's ceiling is as like an All NBA defender who's got like a you know reasonable offensive game, good spot up shooter. And Reddish has more offensive potential, but projects as like at, at the very least like a good wing defender. You've got those two on the wing now for the next you know at least the next five years. So that's a pretty good building block. And the only thing that they really did was chuck in an extra pick which ended up, you know, being the Jackson Hayes pick to move up and get Hunter. And, you know, like, not to say that they would have made the Hay the Hayes pick anyway, but you wouldn't want Hayes on this team because, you Why know, not? 
Because Hayes and Collins can't play together. But we don't know what position John Collins plays. Yeah, but I can tell you he doesn't play <laughs> four next to a non-shooting five. I know that much. But then that goes back to my point, which I've harped on a bit, which is I love just like, <laughs> you just don't know. Just sort of try. Uh, yeah, but the uh, point yeah, is yeah, with, yeah. with the two wings, you do know. And now they've got their ten, now they've got their core locked in. They've got, you know, four, potentially four of their best five players for the next 10 years on the team. Like there's room for them through the draft or through free agency to land a big fish or... But you that's know, like that's a, the thing. I sort of think this is the opportunity to land a big fish because next offseason, the biggest name sort of was Draymond Green. There's not going to be any Draymond because assuming Anthony Davis stays in LA. So there's not going to be a big fish next season. Um, this was sort of their time to get a big fish. So yeah, but no one was no one was coming here. They traded Baysmore for Turner and their contracts are basically the same. So after this year, Turner mm-hmm. isn't expiring. Because they traded Tory and Prince to Brooklyn for an extra pick. They dumped his contract and don't have to pay him his next contract. Like so the that. only player other than DeAndre Bembry, who is going to come up at the end of next year and will get like a, you know, like a medium, medium payday most likely. The only player on that roster who's important, who will be on their second contract is John Collins, who maybe, maybe not a max player, but you know, they're about around about 20 million a year. So two years from now, Trey and the two wings are still, and Kevin Herder are all still on their rookie deals. So you've got, you know, 2021, 2022, you can go big fish, big fish hunting because you've got cut space still if they play the right way, which they, which they will because everything that they've done is bringing in sort of ancillary pieces on mid-sized contracts and they let Deadman go because they didn't want to pay him, you know, 12 million a year. So. Okay, I, I do appreciate that. And I think Trey Young is one of those, you know, big fish that could turn into a superstar. And I, I really like his game. But I don't know, I just think this was sort of the opportunity. They're sort of they're coming out of the rebuilding phase after this. Um, getting stars through the draft isn't going to be an option after this season. Uh, maybe they got one more season of being really bad and getting a high draft pick. But I think, yeah, this sort of was the opportunity to sort of go out and get, like, just someone. I know I know it's rough after they miss out one of the first two picks, but I don't know, man. But who was going to come here? They, the only no, reason... Not, not so much like a Paul George or like Kawhi. Not like they're going to sign one of those players, but oh, I don't know, man. You've, you've, you've stumped me. No one was going there after they had half a season of... Because, you know, first half of the season, everyone was like, whoa, Trey Young's fucking bad, bro. Everyone was so down on him. Second half of the season after All-Star break when he averaged 25 and 11, everyone's like, whoa, Atlanta, yeah. it's the new thing. Yeah. But no one's going like, to you know, pitch their tent for the next four years in Atlanta as a free agent just because Trey Young looked good for half a season when they were already eliminated from playoffs. So I don't know. I don't feel like the opportunity was there for them to come away with anyone sort of super exciting outside of the draft. But I f- I'm excited by the two the two wings that they brought in. I think Hunter and Reddish, both for this team specifically, the team that they want to build, but also just like their, their NBA at large, to have those two, one of whom, you know, has like great defensive potential and a decent offensive floor, and the other one who's great offensive potential and a decent defensive floor, and chucking Kevin Herter on the wing as well. Like, that's that's a nice wing trio. I don't know that I have any... You know, mm-hmm. whose wing you'd want more for the next eight years? Would you rather let's see? I guess it just goes back. I'd much rather, you know, have those two picks rather than uh, DeAndre Hunter. Like, would you rather, like, Seiko Dumbia and Jackson Hayes? You wouldn't? Nah, no way. No way. All right, I guess we have to just have to see how that one goes. Apart from the big obvious moves, which is the through the draft, I just don't like Amari Spellman for Damian Jones. Like, 
I know Damien Damien Jones is a Warriors guy, and like you know, there's a couple of Warriors guys in the Hawks front office, and look, they're trying to get their guy. Maybe they still got hope in him, but like the dude like was given every opportunity to succeed. He was playing center on Golden State, which is you know, he's getting served like free buckets like on a platter to you, and you've yeah. just you're the fifth wheel in like the greatest team ever, and he couldn't keep his starting spot, and he couldn't like solidify a spot in the rotation, and he actually like lost his spot before Boogie even came back, so. Also, he averages like six fouls a game, um, he does. and he does. just um, like not that Amari Spellman's like killing the world. It's just like at least he's got a chance at being like most baits and giving you ten minutes off the bench. I don't think Damian yeah. Jones is anything. Damian Jones, I think, is just Deadman insurance. Like, yeah, yeah. let Deadman go. He's a cheap body who can. He's literally you know, a body, though. Yeah, I mean, he might not even make the team. Like, he's, <laughs> um, I think he's in the last year of his rookie deal, so he doesn't probably doesn't have very much money guaranteed. Yeah. So he might not make the team. He's just another warm body that you can put there, you know, as a backup or third string center because you didn't want to pay Deadman. And yeah, I mean, it hurts to give up Spellman. Who might have a chance of being okay. A year in, who, yeah, he might be okay. But I consider that much better than 0% chance. Yeah. So yeah. that's just a bad move. And then I think one of the most, worst moves of the whole entire offseason was signing Jabari Parker. See, again, I disagree. Because because what's his what's his contract? It's 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 partially guaranteed. I think it's twelve mil. So it's 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 twelve mil for the first year, twelve mil for the second year. But it's a partial guarantee this year, and it's a team a player option in the second year. So the upside is that you have Jabari Parker on a twelve million dollar contract, and if he is is what, he a twelve million dollar player? Well, two years ago he was before his seventeenth ACL tear. He was two years ago he was. Yeah, well, you pay twelve million and you're partially guaranteed, so you can find out. Like you, I, kn- I know, I know. Yeah, two years, thirteen. Yeah. I know money like doesn't matter right now for this Atlanta team because they're not going to do anything with their salary. But like, I just think he's literally just clogging up space, and he's going to take the ball out of their players' hands if they he, want to have the ball. If he isn't good on this team, he's not on the team in January. Yeah. He's cut or he's traded. He's gone because he's a six mil expiring. Uh, you can chuck him, you know, come come, trade season. There's all manner of deals that a six mil expiring can be used for. Mm. And someone might even talk themselves into it, be like, oh, the Hawk system wasn't good for him, let's bring him in here. Because it's still a good deal. But then you're wasting there's, half a season trying to... I, I just I just don't think there's... there's. I just don't think there's hope there. Like, it sounds really bad, but I just don't think there's hope there. Like, yeah, But there's also no risk. There is risk because you're taking up space and you're taking up time because roster spots are valuable and he's going to get in the way of John Collins. And he's gonna take the ball out of Trey Young's hand. Yeah, but he won't though. Okay, is he coming off the bench or is he? Starting? He's definitely coming off the bench. Is he like ten percent <laughs> coming off the bench? No, he'll, he'll give you twenty minutes a game. He can maybe be the you know like the. What if he has the exact same season as last year? Then he's not on the team in January. He's gone. <laughs> do you like? Do you believe he can have a better season than last year? I I don't believe it, but <laughs> there's a non-zero chance that that he can and worst case scenario this team isn't going to be contending anyway this year so you cut him you cut him and you eat a couple million dollars in cap loss it doesn't affect your cap sheet after this year there's really really no risk the upside is that maybe he maybe he plays 25 Mm. minutes a game as the linchpin of your second unit and averages 16 points that's the upside all right final point Oh, actually, no, two, two more points. Alan Crabb, I like Alan Crabb. They're able to get off, you know, like you said before, paying Torian Prince his next contract, which I don't really want to do. And they get Alan Crabb, who, you know, one year, he's good next to Trey Young. He's just a good shooter. 
Um, okay, and then Evan Turner for Kent Bazemore. They needed a backup point guard, but I yeah. mean, like Shelvin Mack still in Europe. I'd rather just get like a Shelvin Mack type, like yeah, DJ Augustine. It's not sexy, but trading Bazemore means that you can free up minutes for Jabari Parker to step in. And <laughs> <laughs> no, it means you can free up minutes for their trio of young wings. You don't have to worry about playing Bazemore. He gets to go. It's a win-win for both players because he gets to go play on a contender in Portland and Turner gets to actually play, presumably, in Atlanta. So Okay. You've talked me up a grade. I oh, my God. D plus. I'm going to give him a C. Oh, woof. I've got a B plus. <laughs> but that's there. That That's mainly that, that difference there is the um, DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, well, we, we fundamentally picks. disagree on, yeah, on, okay. on, on their two picks. All right, that makes sense. All right, the Boston Celtics... They added Kemba Walker, Enos Cantor, Vincent Poirier, and Romeo Langford. What are you smiling about? Enos the penis Cantor. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say <laughs> it, and I was preemptively <laughs> laughing. Uh, they lost Kyrie Irving, Terry Rozier, El Horford, Marcus Morris Sr., and Aaron Baines, and they retained Daniel Tice. It's an interesting offseason because they've pretty much just gone chalk with replacing Kyrie with Kemba. You, you know, they're like, maybe Kemba's like 90% of the player that Kyrie is, but maybe Kyrie's 40% of the person Kemba is. So you hope that that, <laughs> do you hope that that difference... That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you hope that that difference allows them on the court to kind of play with a bit more freedom and in the locker room and schematically for Brad Stevens to kind of exert a bit more control and use Kemba as his, you know, his leadership pawn. Uh, you hope for a big jump from... Tatum this year, I don't like having lost Horford because you've replaced him directly with Cantor and Horford's biggest asset was high post facilitation and defense, both of which are not Cantor's strengths. So you've pretty much lost that aspect of your game. Yeah. Baines was also really good at like running it from the high post. Like you could put him on the elbow and run cutters around him. He's gone. Even just as a solid, solid backup. Well, I mean, yeah, like he 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 had like a, he had a really high floor. You knew what you were getting yeah, from him. Yeah. They've replaced. Yeah, so they replaced them with Cantor, and then they've got Tice coming back. You don't know how Tice is going to come back because of a hip injury. Yeah, it was he was out for most of last season. So, yeah, look, I've got him written there. Like, who the fuck's playing center? Like, yeah, yeah, Enos Cantor. Like, uh, I like him in the role that maybe Aaron Baines had, where he comes in and get you a couple of points off the bench. But it's yeah, he's he shouldn't be starting come playoff time. And that's yeah. you know, if I could put money on it, I would say that he won't be starting at playoff time. Maybe it'll be like a Mark Gasol or someone in that in that vein. Um, it's just, you know, we're grading the off-season and the off-season was they're going to enter the season with can't play Cantor as their starting centre. So while I agree with you, um, Kemba's 90% and then 40% um, off Kyrie, I, yeah, look, that's great. Let's say that's a like-for-like, like, but every other move they made this off-season, you know, losing Al Horford, replacing him with a backup. I mean, I know you weren't fans of Romeo Langford when we did the mock draft. I had him 15th. And you were shocked. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Langford because he can't shoot and he's, he's a shooter. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much his offensive game is pretty much derived off of uh pump fake drive to the rim. And if people aren't falling for the pump fake, you know, I'm not a basketball scholar, but it spells <laughs> trouble. But I do really like Grant Williams, who they I think they picked him sixteenth. Uh anyway, it was like just outside the lottery yeah, mid first. Yeah. He's a really good player, he's experienced, he's a four year player. SEC player of the year, someone who could come in and feasibly give them, uh, you know, some good stuff 
Um, as a forward there, he's got some good positional flexibility. And then Carson Edwards, I don't really know a lot about him, but he averaged like 50,000 points a game at Purdue. So you hope that maybe he develops into your backup uh, at the at the point guard spot. Yeah, ultimately, uh, it's pretty rough. You, if Yeah. yeah. Danny Ainge and the Celtics are hoping that chemistry is going to be the big thing here because I think... And um, whoever's available halfway through the season. Yeah, whichever five comes available in the trade. I gave them a B. Because I don't hate what they did, but you, they brought in a max player, but they, they just lost a lot. I've given them a C minus. Um, I'll <coughs> give them, a, you know, let's say, a C for life for likeness, moving and getting off Terry Rozier, which we don't need to talk about. We um, will talk about we, it. We have talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've just given them a C minus for, yes, they've gone like for like, maybe upgraded at their all star position, but they haven't really done anything else that deserves positive so i've given them a little bit of a dock yeah i don't hate that i think that's fair enough uh the brooklyn nets added kevin durant Kyrie irving deandre jordan taurine prince and wilson chandler they lost d'angelo russell shabazz napier alan karab ed davis and ronde hollis jefferson and they retained nobody i guess you could say they retained karis levert which just happened i didn't i forgot about that actually they re-signed karis levert on a three-year contract which will expire in his age 28 season which is a win-win so, yeah, they they absolutely cuckolded the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I've written that in my Knicks section. Um, they got the two guys that were on the Knicks radar all year. Um, turns out the Knicks radar was actually Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson, but we just you know, assumed otherwise. Uh, I love those two moves, and obviously, I'm, regardless of the KD injury, I think if you can sign the second best player in the world, you're going to do that, no matter if he's out for a year. Um, so I'm not going to dock them for signing an injured player. They signed the best player, and obviously there's the there's the issues with Kyrie. You know, the <laughs> if yeah, the forty percent bit. Um, yeah, forty percent. Yeah, so I'm I'm not actually going to dock them dock them for that. They actually went out and they had the two max cap spots, and they were able to get rid of they were able to get rid of their remaining salary in um in Alan Crabbe and actually get someone an immediate contributor in Torian Prince who can actually really help them and he's super cheap. Um, so I love that, and I love how they're able to get the space to be able to sign the two free agents. That's brilliant. They've maximised their capabilities, but then they gave DeAndre Jordan ten million a year, which it seems like Brooklyn is such a smart organisation. And the reason they've got to this point is because they make tiny little wins here and there. They like, you know, they signed Jeremy Lin for peanuts just because it's like, look, it's a position of value. We can flip him, then they flip him to Atlanta or whoever for two seconds, and you get tiny little bits of value. Incremental, incremental, incremental. You had the D'Angelo Russell. It became the dumping ground for contracts, and we're all fans of Game of Zones. I love it when, what's his name, Bobby Marks is, not Bobby Marks, what's his name? Game of Zones. Game of Zones. Oh, Game of Zones. Yeah, when they're walking down the um, walking down the streets and they're taking on all the bad contracts. I must have missed that one. It was a good one. Um, so they've done all these great things and they haven't made a stupid move. And all of a sudden, they're at the point, like they're at the, <laughs> they're at the climax and then Kyrie and Katie are like, oh, we want DeAndre. And they don't say, oh, no, nah, don't be stupid. Like, we don't need DeAndre. We've got Jarrett Allen. He's DeAndre, but 10 years younger and better. Yeah. And then they're like, nah, we want that. Like, we want DeAndre. And they didn't call their bluff. They just did it. And I'm, I'm going to dock them a little bit for that. Everything else is perfect, in yeah. my opinion. And I love the Levert re-signing. I just don't like the DeAndre. Because from day one, today, he's already a negative asset. Yeah. Well, he's... It's just so weird. <laughs> there was a thing that came out that uh, Kyrie 
Kyrie and KD took a couple million less than their max. Mm. So you can kind of chalk that, you know, a couple million into um, Jordan's deal. But it seems like they just said, yeah, we, we're not coming if you don't get DJ. Which is and then that, which is, Yeah, which is whack because it's like, sure, you want to play with him, but don't you want to win? Uh, it's, it's weird. And, and also, if you want to play with him, just say, like, hey, man, like, Come on a minimum. Take the minimum for one year, see how it goes, and if you play really well, they might give you like a five million a year. Yeah, if they play, if you play really well, we can just like nudge them and say, "Oh, we'll give you ten or something." It's just so weird because it's not even like getting your mate on your team, which we've seen before. When yeah, like when Mello came to Houston, it was like, oh yeah, like you could talk yourself into it. Yeah. This is legitimately. He's a carbon copy of the player that Jared Allen is. Yeah, he's a yeah. rim rolling five. He rebounds. He blocks shots. He doesn't do anything else. Yeah, that's. There's no like, there's no compliment there. They're the exact same player, so they can't be on the floor together. Mm. Joe Allen is still getting better and playing 25 minutes a game. So if he plays 28, that leaves you know only 20 minutes for you to have any other center or small ball five on the court. Like, there doesn't. I don't. Yeah, I can't imagine he's going to be playing a lot. Anyway, there with the addition of uh Toy and Prince who I actually I really really like Toy and Prince getting him paying him 3 or 4 million dollars this year they probably won't pay his next contract after this year but he's a really good player so you don't like him enough to pay him his next contract you just like him on a rookie deal no i like him enough to pay him his next contract but not not for brooklyn not for brooklyn if yeah. you're atlanta like let's say he yeah if i was a, if i was atlanta i would have kept prince over Bembry. oh yeah 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 but they chose maybe, maybe they, not getting the deal done yeah yeah, if I was if I was you know a team with enough cut space, I'd I would I would bring Prince on a twelve million from, a year. Yeah, from Brooklyn side of things, you would much rather Prince than Benbury. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now the the wing rotation is Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Levert, and then Zanad Musa and Rodion Skurits, who didn't play heaps, but when Kurits did play, he oh, okay, he's so long. He's got like a yeah. ten foot wingspan. And Musa, like the reincarnation of AK forty seven. Yeah, no, legitimately though, because yeah. he's just lurking out there, and you, no matter where he is on the court, you feel like he can get a hand on the ball. Yeah, not um, not to put like two white, two European white dudes next. To <laughs> I know when people give like similarities, they're like, oh, Nick Stauskas, he's like Clay Thompson. It's like, yeah, you just get someone that looks like him. Anyway, keep going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Source Castillo, that didn't work. Out. <laughs> Musa has a really really nice offensive game. He's really good, uh, really good shooter, really good work in the mid range. So you know, you go five or six deep on the win there that's pretty damn good not mm. you know not even mentioning kd and Kyrie. who obviously like you said you got two max spots you had the opportunity to go out and get him you got it done if the collateral if the collateral is just dj on a four years 40 then whatever you take the collateral and you just you know cop it hope that he plays well and he's a trade chip or you know i don't know plays well and he and and plays 12 minutes a game and he's happy with that what, if, what iffy was, but oh what? what was the grade the grade's an a Nah. I've given them an A minus. Mm. Mm. Jeez. Why the minus? Just the DeAndre. It's just Yeah, well I mean it is a, it is a immediately yeah. it's a negative. And you and you mentioned it before as well though, because they literally for the past five years have just done things in perfectly increments and they played everything perfectly. They got D'Angelo Russell for uh they literally got D'Angelo Russell. For yeah, take for on. Kyle Kuzma and Brook Lopez, who the Lakers didn't even want. You don't, you didn't know it was Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, you didn't yeah, know it was Kyle. It was pick sixteen and Brook Lopez, Before and then they traded, yeah. they traded, they <laughs> traded, they traded Russell for KD. So, yeah. not bad. Yeah. They've done five years of excellent, like textbook wheeling and, it, and dealing for a, a pick strapped, an asset strapped 
franchise and then they've turned around and done this. It's head-scratching, but you came away with KD, Kyrie, you added Tori and Prince. Extended Levert on a reasonable contract, like, that's the recipe of a championship team. Uh, contrary to that, for, uh, contrary to the, <laughs> the recipe for a championship team, Charlotte Hornets. Now, I haven't got much written here because I know, I know you're probably going to r- want to rip into them. They added Terry Rozier and PJ Washington. <laughs> you're just chomping at the bit. What was Rozier's contract? Oh, don't worry about it. Mm. They lost Kimber Walker. Uh, Tony Parker retired. Um, they lost Jeremy Lamb and Frank the Tank Kaminsky, who is now in your Phoenix. <laughs> Frank the Tank, the best stretch five in the league. Uh, and they retained no, no one of interest. Um, so it's like uh, when I was looking back on this, I was like, they literally just did the Kemba Walker sign and trade. Like that was it. Like they didn't they didn't do anything else. Like they just did the Kemba. They they lowballed Kemba. Kemba's like, no, I don't want you three years or your four years at yeah. below the max. And they said, oh, okay, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Like that. That's all they did thanks, this off season. Thanks for eight years. And like drafted when someone put a gun to their head and said, you have to draft. I guess I'll pick this dude. Yeah, I, I, we've been over it multiple times. The thought process behind the Kemba decision is indefensible <laughs> and giving Terry Rozier 20 million a year for three years is almost indefensible. Uh, they let Jamie Lamb walk on three years 30 and regardless of whether you're going to com- contend or not, Jamie Lamb is a good quality NBA player who's worth more than $10 million a year when you look at some of the other contracts people are getting. Mm. So they didn't even, they clearly couldn't even get that done, which is just like, what are you doing? And then the only other thing that they did was add PJ Washington, who's a 6'8 combo forward who, you know, played two years yeah, in college but happens. was injured for one. You know, like he's... There's not a lot there. This team is relying on Malik Monk ever being good, which <laughs> at this point is like such a dicey prospect, and Miles Bridges, who by his own admission was shit last year. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, people heard this. What did you give him? I gave him a D because I haven't given – like I, I'm not giving anything lower than a D because I feel like, yeah. All right, I gave them an F minus. Yeah. What what have they done to get higher than an F? I don't know. I just didn't feel comfortable going with an F. Maybe I'll go my high school didn't give Fs. They gave UGs, which standard for ungraded. So maybe I'll give them a UG. It's like, it's so bad, I'm not even going to consider grading <laughs> it. You need to take this back and fucking fix it. <laughs> All right. Um, the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago Bulls added Kobe White, Thomas Sadaransky, Thaddeus Young, the Luke Unicornet and Daniel Gafford. Jeez. <laughs> the Unicornet. Uh, lost nobody of interest and they retained Ryan Archidiacono. Nailed it. Thanks, man. Um, they arguably, very arguably, got the third or fourth best player with the seventh pick. Um, Daniel Gafford had a good summer league. I, I like what they did. Uh, I know we're not big fans of their team as it was last year with... Um, Larry Mark and then, oh, like, what's that point guard? Chris Dunn. Yeah, Chris Dunn. <laughs> uh, Chris Dunn, which the Chris Dunn experiment is still in play, and Zach Levine. And they've, you know, you, can, well, you can't ask for much out of Carter Jr., but they've sort of, they've surrounded their young team, which, I mean, good on them for buying into their team. They've surrounded their young team with depth and defensive depth in Thomas Sadaransky and Thaddeus Young. And I really like this. I really like this offseason. I think it's pretty good. 
Just you mentioned Chris Dunn, sneaky about to turn twenty six for someone who's going into his fourth year. So yeah. he's and who's shown. I, I don't know shown, why he's still on the team. Yeah, shown. Uh, I was about to say almost nothing. I'm going to remove the qualifier. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, getting Kobe White at seven is really good. I yeah, I really like Kobe White. Watched a lot of him in college for a team that has a smart big man in Carter and a big man who can shoot in Markinen. There's some pretty good possibilities with them running the pick and roll. Uh, and then, you know, they do have some really good athletes that they that they have. We, uh, Levine, along with Porter Jr., like, you know, running the fast break because White's a speed demon. There's some good some good stuff there. Sardo on a three-year 30 deal is good as a backup. Don't know why Thaddeus Young is on the team. Why not? That's a, vet, a big contract. A veteran. Yeah, a veteran, but a big contract. Well, their big problem was defence and interior defence last year. And now they've got Thaddeus Young, who's one of the best, most versatile defensive bigs, who can play alongside either one of those bigs, whether it be Markinen or Carter Jr. And just a veteran. like 15, a million, year, 15 million years. That's a long contract. <laughs> that's a, that's 15 a, million a year for the next three. It's not, a, it's not like... They're it, not going to contend in the next three, though. Like it's, it's like... Three years is a long time, though. It's like Jarrett Jack to Steph Curry or like someone like that. Like just a veteran. Like I, I really like that because he's a veteran who can play. It's like Paul Millsap next to Jokic. Like, yeah, but you know what Jarrett Jack's contract was? It wasn't fifteen million a year. Good on you for knowing Jared Jack's contract. If no, you can, I don't, if you can do that, no, I don't know it, but I can tell you it wasn't fifteen million a year. Hundred percent. He's a veteran presence, but he's a good player as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's okay. He's all right. <laughs> I yeah I, th- I yeah I've I, given them yeah I really like Markinen. I really like Carter, and I love them together. Not enamored with Levine, but. You know, 23 points a game is 23 points a game. Did, did this off-season bring them closer to a championship? Yes, but it's... Did it bring them closer to a championship than other teams in their rebuilding position? Yeah, but there's only one move that I think they made, which is like a great move, which is... Kobe White. Kobe White. You know, like I... I and, don't, yeah. yeah. I've given them a C plus. I think it's fine. So... They were heading into this off-season as a cap space team, and they're like, oh, we're the Bulls, we're the Bulls. Like, we sell heaps of jerseys. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll sign all these free agents. And everyone's like, well, you're a dickhead. Don't do that. And to their credit, they said, they looked around and went, oh, shit, like, no one's coming. Like, we don't want to look like the Knicks, like, <laughs> at the same time this year. So they sort of vaporized their cap space by making the Otto Porter Jr. contract, which I think bodes well for their off-season grade because they didn't have the max contract to try and sign, like, like not even a KD, someone of like Daniel Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, they kind of like tied their hands before they back before it all. Got yeah, exactly. Gone. And so what you will about Otto Porter, like you know, he can be a good shooter, and he's succeeded in a good team before. Um, and I am a big fan of them just taking a just you know one in the hand versus two in the bush, especially if the two in the bush in Kyrie and KD, for example, were never going to come. Um, so going back to the question I asked you, they didn't have like the cap space to go out and sign a big fish, but. From the position they were in, they went out and they got veterans around their young core who can grow with the core. And then also by the time they're ready to compete, when Kobe Kobe White is three years older, you know, Thaddeus Young can just be like a minimum guy, like a Jared Dudley at the end of the bench. And like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I really like Tomas Sadaransky for some reason. I've given them, given them an A. Another big discrepancy. <laughs> <clears throat> because I, I think 
I think this team is well on its way to being a title contender. Yeah, and I agree, but that's I, why I think I don't that, even like Zach Levine. <laughs> yeah, neither. I, I like Otto Porter, though. I agree that this team is well on its way to being a title contender, but I think the... And I love adding Sato on, you know, 10 million. Yeah, it's a pretty good piece of business. Adding Thaddeus Young, three years, 45. If this team's good next year or the year after, you've kind of fucked it because, you know, if, he, if, if he's it, not good... Then fifteen million is a, is a lot, and that contract isn't valuable until the last year. So if he's not good for the first two years, which he's like thirty two, but let's not assume that he's going to maintain his benchmark yeah, yeah. performance. It's it's just a lot. If it was you know if it was like three is thirty even, it's more palatable. But it's I just it's it, it's too big, and you you weren't like. Oh, Thad Young, lots of suitors, got to get in ahead of him. It was like you probably could have got Thad Young for three years thirty. I think if they're good, like you say, it's going to be because of some of the depth they brought in. C plus. <laughs> That's fine. You can talk <laughs> me down to a B plus at the lowest. <laughs> it is a lot of money, but they're not going to do anything with their money, and they've accepted that with the auto portal trade during the season. They've accepted that we're not going to go out and get a big fish. We have to prove that we're good first, and that's why they've they're overpaying for some dudes that you know better than nobody. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this Bulls team is going to turn around and make the playoffs this year. They're going to be they're closer to contention after this offseason. Yeah, I think they are. Which you can't say for some teams. Yeah. The next team that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> added Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. And they lost J.R. Smith after they waived him. Um, and there was a lot of small moves that they retained, but uh, let's not go through that list. I really like drafting Darius Garland because it shows maturity. It shows that they're not like, oh, we better draft Tristan Thompson, not Clay Thompson, because we've already got a guard. We've already got X and Y. Like they drafted the best available player. I mean, like I like Kobe White more, but it's, you, know, you could say it's a coin flip. They're both they were both considered the second tier point guard, um, and good on them for doing it. Um, you know, you could say an addition is the coach, but I'm obviously not going to pronounce the coach's <laughs> name. <laughs> Johnny B. Yeah, Johnny B. <laughs> um, but one thing they did really poorly was just tell everyone how much they loved Kevin Porter Jr. And the Pistons absolutely smacked him with it and then just said, all right, well, we've got him if you really want him. Like, it's, you know, it's no skin off our backs. Like, just give us four second-round picks. So the Pistons were able to turn around, turn the 30th pick who – I mean, maybe like Kevin Porter Jr. a lot, but they were able to turn him into four second-round picks in the future, which is amazing value. Four second-round picks coming from a team that's not going to be good for... And oh, there's like a Portland and there's a X and yeah. Y, but yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a great piece of business. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like Garland, but if he's not Dame... Then he's not a good player, you know. Like the type of player that he is, that like kind of limitless range, score first, undersized point guard. He's going to be a sieve on defense his whole career. If he's not Dame, if he's not Curry, if he's not Kemba, if he's on that level of player, that kind of point guard is not the starting point guard on good teams. Mm -hmm. Just not. You have to be an elite, all star level offensive player to be able to survive on the court. You know, Steph, Trey Young looks like he's on the way, but. Someone who's not that good in the modern NBA uh, is not going to survive. So it's a huge gamble. And the fit with Sexton right away is obviously not good. You kind of still don't know whether Sexton's a one or a two. 
he was he played a bit of both last year, was bad at both. So yeah, they added yeah, they Porter Porter Juniors looks okay. And the thirtieth pick you take a flyer on him, but that was an extremely high cost. Mm. It wasn't like he was just there and they took him like they had to cough up for him. They took Dylan Windler, who is a I don't even know what college he went to, it was like some small school, but he's like a six nine shooter kind of doesn't really do a lot. But they took him four picks before they took Porter Jr. So if you took Porter Jr. at 26, Wendler probably was going to be available in the second round. Mm. So you could have had the two dudes who you wanted and kept your four, your four first rounds. I think they did okay with what they had, but it's a weird team and a weird setup. So Yeah, well, they can't really go vulturing. They don't have like all the cap space to you know go off and try and pick some value here and there. So... They weren't coming from, you know, a pair of strength going into the offseason with heaps of cap space to go off and, you know, steal like Andre Iguodala and a pick and this and that. So that's why I didn't give them that bad a grade because all they had was their pick and minimum due to we didn't even mention. So I've given them a C minus literally because I like the Garland pick, but that's, you know, defensible for the position he was at and they just had to give up quite a bit for Kevin Porter. You know, not much they could do and not much they did. Yeah, I've given them a C. Same reasons. There's not, yeah, not much they could do, not much that they did. But also, you have seen. I, I docked them because they didn't, they didn't make a move. They didn't make a Kevin Love to Portland move. And I think looking at the Mike Conley trade is a good medium for what they might be able to get for Kevin Love because Mike Conley, like, you know, he's a really good guard, but he's getting old and, you know, uh, the Memphis Memphis didn't really get much for him. They got Jay Crowder, like a pick, Grayson Ellis, and you know, that's fine. It's just sort of spare parts. But that's yeah. sort of the market they're going to have to look at. Like if they're going to trade him to Portland, like maybe they'll get, I mean, he's not there anymore, but like Mo Harkless and a pick or something like that and you know, yeah. matching salary. So they might have to just sort of say, oh, look, do we really want Kevin Love for three more years or can we just, just trade him for spare parts and also do good by him because – I don't think he wants to be in a non-contending team or non-competing team for yeah. the rest of his contract. If that is the market, though, for the ageing star who can still make a difference for the right team... For one year. Established vet, first-round pick, and recent you know, young player, promising young player, that's a pretty good haul. Mm. You know, and you we, don't, we don't know if there was that deal there. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think ultimately... Yeah, everything hinges on Garland. If Garland is Dame, then this team could be in the playoffs in three years. If he's not, this team will probably not be in the playoffs anytime soon. Well, we spoke a bit too much about Atlanta and other teams, and we've decided to split this Eastern off-season grades into a two-part series. Um, this will be the end of part one, and catch episode two or part two next time. Thanks. <laughs>